First you told us only through you could we know God, and if we dared to question, he wouldn't spare the rod. For you we worked the soil, for you we dug the moors, for you we shed our blood and fought so many pointless wars. And now you try to tell us there's nothing we can do. You say the world around us belongs fairly to the few, but about six billion people no doubt will agree this world is our home not your property it's the commons our right of birth and you who would enclose the land all around the earth our future is your downfall when we cut this ball and chain you who sacrificed the public good for your private gain with our sweat we built the railroads built cities on these shores but because you own the money you see that it's all yours We laid the phone lines and the pipelines And then right before our eyes You see these things are taxes paid for You now will privatize Privatize the hospitals Privatize the schools Privatize the prisons For all those who break your rules And preparing for the day When all the wells run dry You see you own the very rain That falls down from the sky But it's the commons Our right of birth you who own the water all around the earth our future is your downfall when you cut this ball and shame you who sacrificed the public good for your private gain the opinions expressed on corporations and democracy are those of our guests and the hosts and not necessarily of the management of mendocino county public broadcasting good evening and welcome to belated corporations and democracy for march 16th 2023 this is the program that examines how corporations dominate our democracy and what citizens are doing to replace corporate dominance with true democracy. I'm Steve Scalmanini with co-host Annie Esposito. In today's program, we'll be discussing how do corporate subsidies hurt communities. And our guest is Greg Leroy, the executive director of Good Jobs First. That's the leading national watchdog of state and local economic development subsidies. Greg Leroy has been training and consulting for state and local governments, associations of public officials, labor management committees, unions, community groups, tax and budget watchdogs, and the list goes on for 30 years. In 1994, he wrote a report called No More Candy Store, States and Cities Making Job Subsidies Accountable. That's a 145-page survey and analysis of state and local efforts to hold subsidy recipients accountable. This report was lauded at the time as a famous polemic that contends that subsidies for economic development are mere corporate giveaways and that calls for greater accountability and public restraint. Greg Leroy founded Good Jobs First in 1998 upon winning the Public Interest Pioneer Award. And since then, Good Jobs First has issued more than 120 studies, setting a long string of influential research precedents about economic development subsidies. His 2005 book, The Great American Jobs Scam, Corporate Tax Dodging and the Myth of Job Creation, that was called by Business Week a powerful compendium of corporate tax dodging in the U.S. So let's look at how do corporate subsidies hurt communities. Greg Leroy, welcome to Corporations and Democracy. Thanks very much, Steve. Great to be with you in Mendocino County. 
Yeah, thank you for being here and thank you for waiting while we got the technical situation under control. Um, yeah, so this is going to be pretty interesting about corporate subsidies. Uh, corporations are up to a lot of mischief, uh, buying back stocks and everything. But one of the things that hurts people a lot are corporate subsidies. Do you want to kind of maybe start out with talking exactly what subsidies are? Sure. So you hear sort of three labels on this. You hear people say it's corporate welfare. That's a phrase that I think uh, Ralph Nader uh, first used back in the 60s. Some people call it business incentives or economic development incentives. Uh, and that's okay to use that word, but I don't like it because it suggests that it's causing something to happen that wouldn't have happened otherwise. And there's there's a lot of evidence that that's not usually the case. Uh, we call them subsidies or economic development subsidies because we think that's kind of a, a true label. Um, you're subsidizing the company, you're reducing its costs of business. Uh, you know, companies pay taxes, kind of like families do, right? They pay income taxes, or they should pay income taxes, and sales taxes, and property taxes. Uh, and in the name of economic development, all of those taxes go away, sometimes forever, sometimes for 10 or 20 or 30 years. Um, and that's and it, we've, we've developed a system, which I'll explain, which makes it very easy for companies to manipulate and play states and cities against each other to make those taxes go away. And and when that happens, obviously, everybody else's taxes have to go up. Yeah, so subsidies, are, it's not true economic development at all, and it's not even incentives. Uh, I think that a lot of people are hurt by this. You want to talk a little bit about uh, who's being stomped on when uh, corporations get all this this help uh, when we give them money in return for they're using our space and services. Who gets yeah, hurt? So that's exactly right. So uh, let's we've proven, for example, that small businesses, local businesses, entrepreneurs are are not getting anywhere near their fair share of assistance from the government. They're, they're really shortchanged because it's the big companies with the armies of accountants and consultants and tax lawyers that can write the rules and then dominate the system. Um, if you think Amazon is bad for entrepreneurship in this country, if you think e-commerce and Amazon are bad for Main Street, uh, small businesses and retailers, I think they are. Well, Amazon itself has already gotten more than $5.1 billion in economic development subsidies. It's, it's getting more than two dozen deals per year and has been for a decade, for example. Uh, Walmart in the day back in the aughts was the same way. It, it pulled down more than a billion dollars uh, as well. Cabela's and Bass Pro, the outdoor sporting goods chains that gobbled up so much market share from uh, family-owned uh, bait and tackle shops and uh, you know sports sporting goods clothing stores. Uh, each got more than a billion dollars. So uh, there's a lot of collateral damage to the small business space and a lot of collateral damage to public services, public education, public safety, all the normal things that those taxes would help pay for. And is this coming from states or counties predominantly, either one? Uh, both. So at the state level, it's mostly income tax breaks because that's the main kind of tax that states place on companies. And at the local level, the biggest losses are property taxes and sometimes also sales taxes. Okay. And you're talking about uh, Amazon. That's kind of what uh, brought us 
uh, to brought your uh, uh, how we figured out who you are and what you were doing <laughs> was the uh, the Institute for Public Accuracy stand around an announcement, and I would I recommend uh, our listeners to look up Institute for Public Accuracy because they check out a lot of uh, great work that's going on, including yours with Good Jobs First. And one of the things you have uh, is Amazon Tracker. <laughs> you want to say what you're tracking? Sure. So um, seven years ago, we published a study documenting the fact that Amazon was already uh, deep into the public uh, trough, getting money in the in these subsidies. It had really been since 2012 uh, when they really started going on a jag and building out their warehouses. And ever since that we published that study in 2006, we've been keeping a database on our website and adding to it, you know, a few times a year of all the new deals they're getting. Um, so it's gone from two billion to three billion to four billion to over five point one billion now. Uh, they just keep rolling on. And they were in the news recently with uh, their headquarters too, which mm-hmm. you say they've uh, they've kind of messed up on that on their subsidy and on the return that the community is supposed to get for that. What was going on in Virginia with uh, with head- Amazon headquarters too? Well, so just to rewind the tape a minute here, remember back in 2017, the company announced that they were going to build a second headquarters, not in Seattle, which would have as many as 50,000 jobs. So this was like off the charts, the biggest economic development Buffalo (laughs) pelts that had ever been uh, auctioned in U.S. history. And unlike almost every other auction for subsidies, it was public. This, you know, very rarely do companies do this publicly because part of the information control system is to keep these auctions secret. But in this case, Amazon decided to to really be incredibly gaudy about it and public. And then when they made their decision in 2019, they announced it was going to go to two places. It was going to go to Queens in New York City and to Northern Virginia, uh, Arlington uh, County near National Airport. New York City revolted, especially because of the gentrification pressures and the fear of lots of people getting priced out of their neighborhoods and convinced the state legislature and the city council to withdraw basically their offers of subsidies and and made it clear Amazon was really not welcome in the neighborhood. So Amazon said, okay, we'll just take the whole thing to Northern Virginia. When When the company took the offer in Northern Virginia, it's important to remember that of all the all the bids we know, all the public the 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 offers of tax breaks that were made public in the wake of that whole episode, the one that they took in Northern Virginia was the smallest uh, by miles. It was the smallest. It was it's only worth about seven or eight hundred million dollars. I mean, only that's a lot of money. But you know, Newark <laughs> offered seven billion. Uh, Pittsburgh offered nine billion suburban maryland 10 miles away offered eight billion so it's a tenth of what a place 10 miles away offered you know same labor market basically but amazon really wanted to be in northern virginia and and there they chose to go most recently they announced that the whole project is slowing down uh because they are having a slowdown they've announced pullbacks on a lot of their warehouse plans like other companies a lot of people don't want to go to the office every day or they're not telecommuting as i mean there's more telecommuting so they don't need as much office space perhaps as they thought they would um so that means that some of the commitments that that arlington county and the state of virginia made 
they're still there. They're, they may still get them over time, but it will be slower than it was supposed to be, at least. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the problems with a lot of the subsidies, that there's no built-in protection, that if the company doesn't actually deliver their side of it, a lot of the communities are just, they're stuck. But in this case, at least you say Virginia didn't give us much of an offer as the others, which is, which, which speaks to another point that you make is that these subsidies don't really mean anything because the people, the big corporations, they pick out where they want to go for other reasons. So they have. Thank you. Do you want to talk You're about hitting that? upon the big, dirty secret um, in economic development. And, and here's the math. Right. When companies are choosing where to go to locate or expand, they look at the costs of a place and they look at the benefits of the place. And on the cost side of the ledger, all state and local taxes combined, all their income taxes, all their sales taxes and all the property taxes, they, all those costs equal just 1.8% of the budget of the of the typical american company even a heavy manufacturing company right so it's an extremely tiny piece of the of the pie chart right the business basics make up 98.2 percent of their cost structure labor occupancy raw materials logistics information technology ceo bonuses whatever right uh tiny variations in those big cost factors dwarf anything you can do with the tax code and that's why incentives almost never determine where companies choose to go. Uh, but they, but because the system is rigged and they can control the information and and deceive people about cause and effect and what really matters, uh, politicians don't know this 1.8% figure, and they're all too glad to take credit for the deal, even and and brag about how much money they gave away and and use that popularity to get reelected. That's the that's the problem with the system, and yet that that small percentage for the company that represent, represents a big piece of local government's budget, particularly for schools, is, is my understanding. Can you tell us more about that? Then? Yes, thank you. That's exactly right. So, property taxes are actually the biggest tax the average company pays in America, and property taxes are still by far the biggest source of revenue or most local public services, especially public education, but also public safety, public health, you know, infrastructure. And when, so when you, so companies really want to get property tax abatements because that's where the biggest subsidy is they can get. And yet it directly collides with the need for that revenue at the local level, because whatever, whatever dollars are lost to the abatement, that's a hundred percent out of the hide of the schools and, and public safety and so on. Local government. Even though it's even though it's pocket lent to the company in the in the broad scheme of things. Yes, you're exactly right. We should remind people that we're talking to Greg Leroy with good jobs first. And you're pretty serious about that. <laughs> I'm really happy. The the amount of uh information that's on your website is pretty amazing. And the topic being for today is uh, how do corporate corporate subsidies hurt communities? So Queens is pretty smart. Um, not all localities are, are that smart. And Amazon and uh, Tesla, they're able to start uh, bidding wars between states with, with some of their uh, 
big enterprises that they put forward. What, what do you have to say about the the warring between states that takes place sometimes? Yeah, so Tesla conducted one of the other rare public auctions back in 2013 when they played five states against each other for the so-called Gigafactory, the battery factory that they ended up locating in uh, northern Nevada, near Reno, Nevada. Uh, and that, that deal ended up being worth about $1.2 billion in subsidies, the biggest deal by far in Nevada state history. Uh, so this war among the states is a big problem. It's really the, the Mount Everest of our mission at Good Jobs First. And it, it started in the late 1930s when some southern states like Mississippi created their first incentive programs explicitly designed to try to lure factories from the north, sometimes from companies running away from unions, uh, sometimes companies just uh, looking for cheaper labor period. And it really took off after World War II with the interstate highway system and air conditioning making southern workplaces more valuable and this whole secretive site location consulting industry that the middlemen that profit from the, the transactions and helped companies really make this a science, this extraction of tax breaks turned into a science by the 60s and 70s. Uh, and today, and because we, have, we don't have a national industrial policy because Uncle Sam has historically been very kind of laissez-faire and, and, and we have this states' rights, you know, federalist constitutional structure, um, it's really gotten out of hand. It's very easy for companies to get states to overspend. Oh, there's so many things that, that are wrong with this whole subsidy thing. <laughs> we started at the top talking about uh, who gets hurt and uh, talking about, well, how smart Queens is, but New York itself, um, they really took a beating in the public schools over being sucked up into these subsidies. That's probably the most tragic to us is the school districts that get wiped out behind these subsidies. You want to talk a little about some of your nightmares with, uh, with New York and Chicago and South Carolina and Carolina, Louisiana and uh, Missouri. Absolutely. So, as I said before, schools are the most expensive local public service. They serve the most people every day, and they're still heavily dependent on property taxes, and property tax abatements are the biggest subsidy many companies get. And recent, and, and if, several years ago, we helped win a new government uh, bookkeeping rule, a new government accounting rule that says local governments, if they lose revenue to these corporate tax breaks, have to admit to that in their spending reports. They have to put a note saying, we have XYZ programs and last year we lost uh, ABC dollars uh, to that program in revenue. They don't have to name the companies, but even if they lose money passively, which is true of school districts, because usually school districts are powerless to stop cities or counties from giving this money away, even though the cities and counties are mostly playing with school money when they do that. Um, even if, if they lose money passively, school districts have to report. And so we've started issuing reports now using this new data and in New York state, 1.8 billion dollars a year we determined are lost to public school districts uh statewide uh, a huge number in south carolina it's about a half a billion dollars uh every year in a much smaller state in a state with stark uh, racial uh, disparities and a long history of underfunded schools and a, a tragically low graduation rate uh, it's a big problem in Louisiana. It's a big problem in Missouri. It's a big problem in Ohio. We're doing a study now in Southern Ohio. Um, 
a lot of teachers, a lot of school boards are beginning to wake up and use this data to say, wait a minute, uh, we don't think our, our tax base should just be given away willy-nilly. They're starting to fight back. The Kansas City Public School Board is at war right now with the city council in Missouri over this very issue. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Good for them. Billions <laughs> of dollars in, in a particular state lost from the school system to subsidize corporations. Just yeah. amazing. And yeah. I, I think you've touched on something else that's really important that I want to make sure that we get to with our reduced time here is that um, uh, your group is very interested in equality and inclusion and and um, I think diversity and all of the equality um, measurements that you could come up with are take a big hit under these subsidies as far as who's being hurt the schools, but also probably people of color and uh, poor people. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, the system is racist by so many measures. Um, if you say, well, subsidies disfavor small and local and entrepreneurial businesses, well, those are disproportionately uh, women and people of color in, in many markets, right? So you say, who's, who's getting shortchanged? We've also done a bunch of studies looking at the geography of incentives. Uh, we've looked at bi many big city uh, metro areas, um, about about uh, eight of them. And in every case we find in Detroit, in the Twin Cities, in Buffalo, in Chicago, in Cleveland, that uh, the incentives disfavor communities of color, disfavor places that have had the most previous plant closings or mass layoffs, disfavor people who who don't own a car and need to get to work by public transportation um, and favor whiter suburbs, more affluent areas, companies that are actually relocating away from pockets of poverty. Uh, it's, it's reverse Robin Hood uh, geographically. And then with the new school data, we're also showing, for example, the, the Kansas City school superintendent looked at the data and he said, my school district, whose student body is 85% black and brown, is losing almost $2,000 per student per year to these tax abatements. And the deals are all on the west side of something called Troost Avenue, which is the racial dividing line in the city of Kansas. So tax breaks are going to white developers to build in white areas of the city at the expense of the black and brown student population. And five miles out, you've got suburbs, white, predominantly white suburbs, suburban school districts losing less than $100 per student per year. And that's why he said this is a systemically racist system and we've got to fix it. And he's right. Now, there is another shock to me, though. So in the same labor market, same greater uh, uh, urban and suburban area, some schools are losing 100 bucks a year per student and some a couple of thousand yep. per student per year. Oh, that's a, what, 20 times. There's a famous axiom that's been around for decades in economic development. The poor pay more. Yeah, for and sure. And because we have racialized poverty patterns in this country, that means black and brown pay more. Inevitably. I'm reminded too of something Dennis Kucinich said about the city hall is not the building that's it's the uh, the bankers, the business owners that are, have big companies. Uh, they all benefit from these projects and these subsidies and stuff, and not necessarily something that people really need is a new stadium or whatever. <laughs> let me let me slip in that uh, again. We're talking with uh, Greg Leroy. 
He is the founder and uh, general manager of uh, Good Jobs First, and the topic is how do corporate subsidies hurt communities. Um, be having a little shorter show than usual this evening. Uh, let me mention that then, if you'd like to call in, ask a question, or make any comment on the air, the number here is uh, 895-2448. That's in 707-895-2448. People might be surprised that uh, some of the big biggest billionaires in the subsidy club are actually, well, there is Raytheon and Big Oil, but the uh, electric vehicle companies. Yes. So... Um... Last year, in in record style, eight specific economic development subsidy deals to individual factories exceeded $1 billion each. And five of those eight were for electric battery, electric vehicle plants or electric vehicle battery factories. Mm -hmm. um, two were for microchip fabrication plants and one was for a steel mill. So yeah, there's a, a mad rush. Governor's saying now electric vehicles are the next big thing. We got to get it on the ground floor. Um, obviously, Tesla got their big deal from Nevada, but there's lots of other play. A Vietnamese company getting a deal in North Carolina, uh, Ford and General Motors and their battery partners getting big bucks. It's it's an astounding uh, gold rush right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you have a, a graph here of the the eight largest uh, over $1 billion subsidy packages for 2022. And I mean, we, we do have a steel mill in there and a computer chip factory <laughs> one or two and all the rest that's a electric vehicle manufacturing plants. Yeah. Rivian, a company nobody's ever heard of. That's barely proven. Got the biggest uh, package in U S history at the time, about $1.3 billion. Hyundai then got a bigger package from the same state, Georgia. At least it's a proven company with a presence already established here in the States. Mm -hmm. um, Michigan with General Motors. It's breathtaking. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I see Intel got a deal in there, but that's from Ohio, a very traditional manufacturing state. That was a surprise to me. Yeah, and we still don't know the whole cost of that package, $2 billion and counting. The local components have not been disclosed yet. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest weapons you have at Good Jobs First is trying to bring about transparency so that the people know what's going on. You want to talk about how secretive this has been and, and uh, if there's any improvement in that. Yes, well, and happy happy Sunshine Week. I should have I should have said that <laughs> at the top of the week. This is Sunshine Week. We celebrate in the United States, especially for uh, the cause of open government records and transparency. So, and and you know, transparency is the is the foundation for any kind of reform, right? No matter where you're coming from on the political spectrum or what your concerns are, if you don't know who's been getting the money and how much they got and what they said they were going to do with it and what they actually did do with it, uh, you can't get to first base. So. Uh, the we have much more transparency today than we did uh, when Good Jobs first set up shop. One of the earliest things we started doing was issuing report card studies, naming and shaming states that did not put all this information online. Uh, today, almost every state discloses to some degree. There's still lots of room for improvement. But when we started doing these studies, fewer than half of the states had even one little bitty program online. Uh, there's been a, we're, we're light years ahead of where we used to be. 
And when we began succeeding in getting more states to disclose, we created a database on our website called Subsidy Tracker. Uh, it's 13 years old now, and you can look up your state, you can look up your county, you can look up your city, you can look up your employer, you can look up your competitors, you can look up anything you want on that uh, database and and see everything that we've been able to get disclosed. So, uh, and and then with that, with that data, we've been able to do lots of things. We've been able to do the studies looking at the geography of incentives. We've been able to determine that one third of the Forbes 400 richest Americans preside over companies that have been subsidized. We can do all kinds of analyses about inequality. Lots of academics have been using that data for all kinds of different uh, findings. Yeah, that's uh, that again is goodjobsfirst.org. You can find all uh, several different trackers, not just on subsidies. Mm -hmm. And speaking of, uh, uh, you called it visibility, I mean, going openness, uh, let's speak for a moment about the opposite and the state of Tennessee. <laughs> They they actually had a law that uh, they, that prevented the public from knowing what companies were receiving you know tax incentives and and for how much they were. Boy, I'm trying to struggle to remember now because they have finally come out of the shadows. They, they, when we first did their our earliest studies, they were they were getting goose eggs because they were uh, completely in the dark. They do disclose some grants now. It's still okay. not. Uh, Here's the big problem, though. A lot, some states say that even though we give you an income tax break, because that information shows up on your income tax return, it's it's protected by taxpayer secrecy. Uh, we say that's nonsense. Every other kind of tax break is fully disclosed in lots of other ways. And when a state does give you a tax break on your income tax return, it's just it's the same thing as if the state wrote you a check and a check would be on a ledger that would get this. So there's no distinction here. Um, but a few states are still uh, in the 19th century on that stuff. Yeah. Once again, eight nine five two four four eight. If anyone wants to get any question or comment. Yeah. So uh, California, given how big we are, we we don't do that great. Do you? You give us the rating of number seven. Do you want to talk about what that means? Sure. So um, California, because of Proposition 13 is a state that has not been very aggressive on incentives because it really can't afford to be. I mean, you have some incentive programs here like California Competes and your research and development tax credit, and you've been increasing your film production tax credit in recent years. But in the broad scheme of things, compared to some other states that have kind of made a sport of rating your state for jobs, that, that's actually a thing in, in economic development in some other mountain and Western states. Um, California is not a big giveaway state. You are a much better example of our argument that it's much smarter to invest in public goods like education and infrastructure that benefit all employers and create a more entrepreneurial climate. I, I think it's no accident that you've got Silicon Valley, despite all the troubles recently. I mean, it's been a, it's been a magnificent machine for job creation and wealth creation. And a lot of it has to do not just with the presence of venture capital, but also your great state university systems that were very affordable and accessible and really helped build the California dream. People forget that, you know, those those colleges and universities have been a magnet to your state for decades. So who's the best state, would you say? <laughs> you know, it depends on your on your metric. 
So we most recently gave Nevada the best grade on transparency. Um, states like North Carolina and Illinois have been good on transparency as well in recent grades. Um, other states show up better when you do things like look at their job creation requirements uh, or their uh, clawbacks or you know money back guarantee uh, safeguards. Um, although some states show up pretty often, uh, you know, repeatedly in those studies, including frankly Nevada, North Carolina, and and Illinois. Uh, Louisiana improved a lot on uh, transparency, for example. I'm just looking at my map here on the wall. Um, uh, Michigan got a lot better uh, by some measures um, in recent years. So, um, but the big problem is, you know, we used to think of the South as being kind of the black hole of economic development, but the way the North reacted to the South was to just copy the South, you know, so, so. <laughs> The tax breaks that South Carolina gives, if you're a company, you can get those same things in Michigan now. And that wasn't true 30 years ago or even 20 years ago, probably. Uh, and, and that's not good for Michigan, frankly. Copying South Carolina is not a recipe for um, reducing inequality or, or taking the high road. Yeah, so... It's pretty different from state to state, I guess. Uh, but there's all kind of mixed up, like you said, depending on what it is you're actually measuring. Uh, Steve, you wanted to ask about the um, Government Accounting Standards Board Statement 77, if we have a, another minute to do that before we have to close. Well, yeah, I think you mentioned that earlier, but not by name. So you guys, right. it, it is um, uh, uh, clarify for me that it's part of the national accounting or most states uh, are doing this and it's something that you guys invented there to expose make you know make visible the, the subsidies that people are getting sure. so the governmental accounting standards board or gasb is technically a nonprofit kind of professional standard setting group it's been around for about 40 years it was set up at the insistence of all the big associations of public officials to help governments uh, get better credit ratings and to borrow, get better interest rates, lower interest rates than they borrow money when they float school bonds or sewer bonds or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so they said, let's have one body that sets the rules and let's all keep our books in a uniform way so that Wall Street can rate our, our bonds and help us save money. And that's a, that's a good purpose and it's true and it works that way. Um, over time, Gatsby keeps improving the rules. Every year or two, they issue a statement or two statements or amendments or updates to the accounting rules. The rules are called generally accepted accounting principles or GAP. You might have heard the expression GAP accounting. Well, that comes from GASB. Um, we prevailed upon them in a big comment campaign in 2015 to get them to adopt Statement 77 on tax abatement disclosures. And that's the rule I mentioned that says governments have to put in their spending reports if they lost any revenue to corporate tax breaks for economic development. And that's the data that we add up to do these school studies. Okay, let me pick up one call. We'll be able to fit one call in for the day. Sure. That's and gotta be really fast. Call your live on the air. What's your first name and from where are you calling? Uh, David from Willits. I'm wondering if Ukiah or the county or any other cities in our county have given any of these subsidies to companies. And thanks for your call. And I guess I did not look ahead. So um, do you have that uh, information that in that that uh, that database online? We, if someone can look up 
in Mendocino County, California, or California in general, of course, or any county or any city in the in the state? Yeah, I, I didn't look up ahead of time, but if you go to subsidy tracker and then and then go to advanced search and scroll all the way to the bottom where you have the geographic options, mm -hmm. you can just choose California and then it will populate with the names of the counties and you can pick Mendocino County and we'll give you everything we've got from your when you do that. Yeah, it's it's very searchable geographically. Okay, super. We have one minute left. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you, to, uh, caller. Thank you for asking. And so yeah. that's at the set subsidy tracker uh, at the. Uh, now, how does one find that? They're easy to find online. They are. There's a right from the front page of goodjobsfirst.org, there's a button called databases. Okay. And if you click on that, it will give you six choices. And the second one is subsidy tracker. Okay, we need to end it there. I apologize. It's been a, um, a shorter program than usual. Uh, we had technical problems for the first, must have been 20 minutes or so. But I finally got into the uh, issue we wanted to discuss. And again, thank you very much for being our guest today. And this has been uh, Greg Leroy with uh, the Executive Director of Good Jobs First. And you can go to goodjobsfirst.org for further information. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate all your information. Great to be with you both. Have a good evening. And you. Goodjobsfirst.org. <laughs> and this has been Corporations and Democracy running on third Thursdays every month. We'll be back next month on the uh, uh, Thursday, April 20th. For, for, for further information about what you can do to uh, correct the corporate dominance of democracy, dominance, go to www.thealliancefordemocracy.org. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.